This is Jan Cox, talk number 2,544, recorded June 28th, 2000. I have written something tonight, some things in my attempt to still try and turn your attention toward the something that I said that I can't literally say, because I have admitted if it means anything to you, there's one thing I have never even said to myself. And by the time tonight's over, I might as well tell you now, there's something I was going to recommend that I have used in the past that I really found useful. And uh, I'm going to tell you before I forget it and run out of tape. But this is sort of a trick of something that I strongly recommend. And it, as I said, it may make more sense to you when I get through tonight talking. But it's to pick out something that you consider to be a a serious blunder you've made, something that the kind of thing that I would call typical of, from my kind of mystic view of being asleep, like, you know, you're working on your motorcycle, and uh, you had a can of open gasoline, you was trying to prime the carburetor, and uh, you remind yourself, you know, whatever I do, because you had your hands full of something or other, is uh, be sure not crank this son of a bitch for that empty can with that open can of gas over there and try and go over and put a cap on it so I got a free hand. And then later you get all excited, you think you got tuned up and jump on that big boy and crank her up and blow the garage apart. <laughs> Simply, all excited and you were proud that I didn't know I could actually get it fixed. That kind of blunder, that kind of, and something even less. But something that personally strikes you is mortifying. Something that you've done that is just you're almost glad that you found out or heard about the great struggle to awaken if for no other reason than just to take that one instance and to say to yourself, well, I was asleep. <laughs> All right. It's to take that thing. Do you remember when I used to, you know, the term I made up of neuralized to remember something about thinking about it? And here lately I've been really saying, as I said, I can, surely you can. I can be aware of something and not actually say it. It's like if you're staying on a stage and it's like this person. Or maybe it's this dance troupe. It's an elephant act. They're right in the wings. And this is, of course, mental and not really visual. But out of my peripheral mental vision, I know what it is sort of that I'm thinking about. I know it's an elephant act. I know it's three jugglers over there. I know it's a guy with a unicycle. And not say to yourself. So the best way I know, so you don't actually say to yourself, it's an elephant act. But you know what it is. Pick out one like that. But don't let it come into your actual mind. Just have it there and don't, you must know what I mean, don't actually say it to yourself. Don't actually let it turn into a thought. I'll try and Remember to bring it up again at the end in case to make sure that you see the connection. Also by now, even if you don't understand what I mean when I say that there's one thing that I won't even say to myself, by now all of you should have, it may not be the same thing, and it can change as you go along, but all of you, now that I bring it up, all of you should have one thing that you won't say to yourself. If you've never thought about it, I'm saying it to you now, now, Consider it.
there should be one thing that you almost know for sure that is so, from your present view, that is so shaking, world-shaking, figuratively speaking, that is so unexpected, that is so far removed from ordinary, any ordinary sense of reason, logic. You know, I'm just making this up just to give you an idea. It struck you that we're all actually dead. We got it backwards. And what the people we call dead are actually alive. I was just trying to, I just made it up on the spot. Something like that. And it hits you. But you, you have got to, I assume it works out this way. You have got to have not said it yet to yourself. Like, that's true. I see it. You can sort of see it, but you shouldn't have actually said it yet. All of you should have something like that now that I've pointed out. There should be something. And don't assume it's the final secret, but there should be something that you, in a sense, now know, and that for whatever reason, you haven't really said it to yourself. Like, well, that's, that's true. That's a fact. There may be more to it than that, but right now I see that this one thing's a fact. All of you should have something that you won't say to yourself even now. It's always good, I think, to start off clarifying in advance. That was a joke. I'm impressed. All right. The reading. One man finally asked himself, what have I actually learned from a lifetime of replaying over and over again in my mind the blunders I have made? Other than that, I am inclined to make blunders. Ask yourself, exactly how has your thinking about your actions passed, about which after the fact you were critical, proved to be a benefit to you? What such replaying does accomplish is to reinforce the notion that by mentally dwelling on past mistakes, you will avoid them in the future. An idea that will not withstand clear-eyed scrutiny. In the heart of all attempts to awaken and achieve enlightenment is found a continual criticism of oneself, which itself is a state of sleep and delusion. Looking out at busy highway traffic, a man mused, Are we robotic? Looking at spectators at a sports game, he mused, Are we robotic? Looking at the many people working in his office, he mused, Are we robotic? Looking at the rituals in a place of worship, he mused, Are we robotic? Looking at the activity in the chambers of Congress, he mused, are we robotic? He then stopped this thinking and tried as best he could to look at his own thinking and was just about to ask the same question, but immediately thought better of it. If where you feel you are at this moment is boring, welcome to the world of sleep. Question, is it actually possible for life to be boring? Answer, is it possible that at any particular moment in your life, nothing of note is occurring? Question, how can these moments be handled? Answer, non-thinking creatures 
would handle it by taking a nap. Humans will also, but by way of mentally drifting away from the moment. Fact, if you're bored, you're asleep. And with a few, if you're asleep, you're bored. Distressingly so. Headline, a little theology for a summer day. First guy asks the second guy, do you believe in demons? And second guy replies, yes. And first guy says, I didn't know you believed in stuff like that. Do you believe in evil forces? And the second guy says, yes. And the first guy says, wow, I really am surprised. I would have never suspected that you, ha that you would entertain such ideas. And the second guy says, yeah, well, I call them by a different name. I lump them all under the term imaginary conversations in my head. <laughs> and after momentary reflection on the matter, the first guy said to himself, yeah, That'll send your mind to hell, all right. <laughs> a man will not try to change unless he thinks that he needs to change and that is, it is possible to change. Note, even if it is not possible to change, if a man tries to anyway, this is a form of change. You ought to think about it. That's the only greasy spot by which... A, Man attempting to awaken can actually slide through an area marked sanity. <clears throat> Even if it is not possible to change, if a man tries to anyway, this is itself a form of change. You won't go off riding unless you believe that the road goes somewhere. And even if it doesn't, and you don't go off riding anyway, you'll be stuck forever where you are now. This is something that the knights never discussed around the table. <laughs> but that each carried silently with him in his own saddlebag. While there is no one final and permanent way to go about achieving our certain goal, a temporary expedient approach is to not even try to empty the mind of all thoughts, but rather to just exclude from your mind all thoughts about the past. For now, let slide thoughts about the present and future. Just disallow any that concern the past. So-called paths to enlightenment don't get much better than this. Being able to think makes you feel unique in life. Makes man feel unique in life. Being able to think makes man feel supreme in life. Being able to think makes man feel apart from life. The headline to this item could have been, quote, use takes the bitter with the sweet, lesson you first lessons use past distinguishing between the two. One man opines, in order to preserve your honor in some affairs, it is often necessary to lie about your involvement therein. <laughs> to which I add, it is better to have never deceived yourself at all than to have ever tried to accurately describe anything that ever happened. In order to preserve your honor in some affairs, it is often necessary to lie about your involvement therein. And I say it is better to have never deceived yourself at all than to have ever even tried to describe something that actually happened. The condition called by the few being asleep is easily defined. Thinking about your past. 
thinking about what you've already done as a special form of insanity for the few. As a matter of fact, consciousness itself is a latent form of insanity. Finding fault with yourself supports the impression that you can do something about your life, that you can change, that you indeed do have some control over your life. For a man wanting to see clearly, the continual finding fault with yourself is like opening your eyes but staying in a room with no light. When, while perusing a medical report, a man ran across this statement, quote, the problem with some ills is that their first symptom is sudden death. A man mused to himself, a shame that encroaching mental, that encroaching mental distraction doesn't have a similar wake-up warning. Later that same day, as he was driving along the North Beach Highway, the man further mused, if it came to it, would I rather be dead than to have to stay in my ordinary mental condition? He continued driving and continued musing. In fact, some people take this thing about waking up and getting untangled more seriously than others. <clears throat> but you know that North Beach route is awfully scenic. In the Faux Asylum, just outside the city of man, some patients cry out cursing their parents. Some cry out cursing God. Some cry out cursing the government. Some cry out cursing their luck. Some cry out cursing subconscious tendencies. And one guy, this one guy, can be heard cursing imaginary conversations. Fact, the damage of imaginary conversations is minima minimized if they are limited to scenes set only in the here and now, with neither of the speakers making reference to any past or potential future events. For those that still don't follow this together, I say, and I have checked this as best as possible, that it's okay to be asleep, deluded, confused, in the dark, unliberated, as long as you can find it to this instant, to this very moment. You don't know. And I, I really would wish that some of you wouldn't laugh and snigger because you don't know the effort that I have gone to to try and check this out. Now, I'm going to tell you it's impossible to truly check it out. And it's like a mechanic that's done his best on your vehicle, and he says, listen, Drive route, and all we can do is kind of cross our fingers. I've, you know, I've looked it over. I've done the best I can. Because I'll leave it to you if you're interested. Why? You, you understand what I'm inferring is it's impossible to actually check it out. I can come as close as, you, as a, a mechanic can. He can say, well, I've done the best I can without actually tearing down the engine. As far as looking at and doing everything except tear down the engine, I say, I've done the best. It seems all right. Just That's the kind of checking it is over my statement. It's more than a theory. My claim that it's all right to be asleep, 
There's no problem as long as you can confine it to this instant, right now. But see, without actually tearing down the engine, you can't check it out to the... It's not the same as you've torn down an engine completely. you got it laid out on the floor of the garage. And you look at it. You can pick up you know, the cylinders. You can pick up everything. Pick up all of every little bearing. And you can look at it and go, well, yeah, no, no, no. Without doing that, everything else is... You do what is visually, tactilely, orally possible to listen to the engine, look at the engine, feel the engine. That's as far as it's possible to take my claim. But see, if we're, again, if we're in a Zen story, just me pointing that out. Forget the claim. Just me pointing that out. Somebody should have their tune-up. Back to the reading. In regard to his constant criticism of himself, one man finally declared, I'm sick of hearing about it. Only intentionally realized that his being sick of hearing about it was him hearing about it again. Yikes. Bring on the Greek cho chorus. The one whose head their tongues removed. One man joined a school for enlightenment whose method was to only mentally live in the present moment. And who said that, in fact, to only mentally live in the present moment is to be enlightened? After 20 years there, the man decided a change was in order. And he joined up with another school whose sole approach was to be mentally present only where you are at the moment. And who claim that indeed being mentally present only where you are at the moment is to be enlightened. <clears throat> His mother asked him when he was going to settle down, give up show business and get a real job. As regards the unseemly cost of being too clever, how can you tell that you're being so simple? You're being too clever for your own benefit if you are reliving in your mind a past event in which you acted in a way you afterwards regretted, but now in which you picture yourself acting otherwise. I can just see, just before I jumped on that sucker and cranked it, I mean, all I had to do was just reach over there. I knew if I just looked over the tank, if I just looked over my right leg, there was that open container of gas. Right next... To my exhaust. I knew it was there. And you just picture the whole thing over and over again, except you picture reaching over and aha. Uh aha. -huh. Uh -huh. Things you've already done that you later felt were stupid, shameful, and inexplicable are truly only so if you think about them. And I remind you, thinking about them is. Being asleep. The head of a monastery one day said to the monks during his daily address, After all of us being here together for the last 30 years, I have come to the conclusion that I am more asleep than any of you. After several days of discussion amongst themselves, the monks went to the master and asked him to explain the metaphorical intent of his words, and he said to them, There was no metaphorical intent involved. I meant it literally. 
if you're not host to normal human thinking, you are always here. But if you are so involved, you are mostly somewhere else. Not being here is all that the so-called state of being awake is about. Not realizing this is what staying asleep is what staying asleep is all about. Not being here is all, not being here mentally, is all that the so-called state of being asleep is about. Not realizing this is what staying asleep is all is about. There are two ways to be dazed and deluded. One is to believe that you can exercise some control when you can't. And the other is to not try to exercise some control when you should. Thing is, you've got to already be damn near awake to understand this. The common belief among men is that you must take into account the past so as to make intelligent decisions in the present. But they ponder not whether they did so in the past when they made their decision as to how to act then. And upon hearing this, a boy turned to his father and says, that brings up the question, don't ask, the old man cut him off. As he heard the subject of shame being discussed, to himself one man mused, looking back now, my greatest embarrassment is in the fact that I once enjoyed the study of history. Note, you can only find fault with yourself by thinking of your actions past. After a lad had engaged in a ranting dismissal of psychics, soothsayers, and their related lot, his father said, no, no. A professional prognosticator's guess about the future is as good as anyone else's. The headline to this item could have read, quote, how things really are if you could get free of how you think they are. But then again, such could be the headline for anything noted regarding the life of man. One man has concluded, the only distinction of significance between the truth and fiction is that you don't have to pay royalties when you repeat the truth. To clear one area, you must litter another. To make one place lighter, you must make another heavier. Thus is all change but a rearrangement. Fit this inescapable reality into your notion of changing your condition of consciousness, altering your state of mind. Not a very pretty picture, huh? Oh, I don't know. How about this? Only a properly empty man is properly full of himself. Aha, cried a man. I must be awake. I don't see anything. Translation for you out-of-towners. When the sun comes up, the sun appears. When it rains, wetness occurs. When you fall, you lay there. Unless you immediately dream about how you are tripped. <laughs> Only a man who, through personal experience, understands what all of this waking up stuff is really all about, really understands what all this waking up is really all about. And only he knows at any given moment whether or not he is awake. And if he mostly is awake, he's mostly on the place where knowing is of any significance anyway. Fact. 
Some people are more interesting when they are not present than they are in person. In fact, some people's idea of an enlightened self is more interesting in theory than it is in reality. Does this mean you should cease searching for it? Hell no. In fact, when you wipe off one area, the dust just settles someplace else. Should this cause you to stop dusting? Don't even ask. Just be alert to the dirt. Success is fleeting, but failure is even briefer. Thus concludes my tortured written comment. The general theme of this, and I'm still talking about the idea for those of you that may have lost track. I'm still talking about the question of, not the question of, the matter of, that to be ordinary and to be sane, this is not metaphorical, it's not a joke. I assume everyone hears me when I say it. But to be an ordinary human being, to be sane by the collective perception of what that is, a person must believe that they have some control over their life. I say to believe that you have some control over your life is to be asleep. I am quite prepared to present that as a question, if it helps. For you to consider it yourself. That is still what I'm talking about tonight. I was trying to put a slightly different face on it because that's really all I can tell you about it. I know more, but I won't even say it to myself. Literally. I have known it many decades, but there's one thing that I have never actually thought. I know what it is. It's right there in the wings. I know exactly what it is. I wish I hadn't started this. That's a lie. Well, wait a minute. What I just said is not true. I know what it is. But I have never said it to myself. So I'm not about to try to say it to you. I'm trying now to talk about it in a different way. And the way tonight was, back to this. It's obvious to anybody that a man will not try to change unless he believes two things. That he needs to change and that he can change. Everybody on this planet, all ordinary sane people believe both of those to be true. That a man can change given certain conditions. That's why I say that I present the idea that a man to be ordinary must believe he has some control over his life. Notice I always include the word some, not total not sometimes, just some control. All ordinary people believe that they have some control over their life, and they believe that by the same token, reflective of that degree of control, that they can change. To try and do this sort of thing, you're subject to the same conditions when you start. Everybody is. Whatever you heard about, wherever you got it, you believe that you could achieve another state of consciousness, achieve enlightenment, and you believed that you should. That change is possible and that change is desirable. Ordinary people believe that about losing weight, gaining muscle, 
Thus, ordinary people and us are involved with a form of self-criticism. I should, I'm going ahead again and speak for me because this, you know, we're all different. There's, I'm not an absolute mind reader, but there's no doubt. It's no surprise to me. We're not the same people. None of us are. I speak for myself. Uh, I always found self-criticism to be an unquestioned necessity. And I've even brought out, I may have exaggerated, and maybe I haven't. Maybe I just say uh, sometimes I exaggerate to cover my ass. But I have brought up what I claim to be examples from my life and the kinds of piddling shit that drives me crazy for getting my car keys, for getting to try out a light. And, of course, the time that I blew up my motorcycle. No, I just made that up. No, no, really, no. I never did that. I just, I made that up. Leaving my car keys uh, inside. At any rate, I have, I found it, and I just assume you people have, or that in some way that it's not foreign to you, because I've talked in this manner as long as I've been talking about this most of my life, about you, you have to constantly stay on your own case. You have to constantly be aware. And if I don't say be aware of exactly what, you know that whatever it is we're being aware of is something undesirable. That is, you, you can make grandiose opening statements that no man can awaken unless he has a full comprehension of his state of sleep. No man can reach another state of consciousness unless he has a good working knowledge of his present sorry state. So there's nothing at all unexpected about being self-critical. That I do dumb things. I do things that I now would personally, and I'm now speaking for me, but I leave it to you to identify to whatever degree you understand it, that all my life, almost, my answer has been, or to me, one way or the other, when I did anything dumb, like blow up my motorcycle, I just made that up, blow up my motorcycle by leaving an, unop- an unclosed can of gasoline next to the exhaust, two, leaving my keys inside when I walked out the door. I don't refer to it as subconscious Tendencies at self-destruction. I was asleep. That has been my answer. That has been my understanding. That has been my internal comment. For more decades than... If I was ordinary, I was going to say more decades than I cared to remember. Ha ha, I can't remember. I did it again. Did it again. Lost track, decided to do one thing. Two minutes later, forgot to do it. And then here it is. Worldwide famous mystic. Got my own web page. Got books in print by God. And I thought, I have got to mail this letter when I go up the street. I'm going to have to go on my way and up to the post office. There's a guy getting the mail. Get in the car and out of the driveway. Where's the damn letter? Psh, boy. Talk about Mr. Enlightenment. All right. This is impossible to talk about. But I'm telling you that there is a way, not a way. The reality of what we are renders all of that meaningless. And I say, from my view and my experience, past a certain point, it's worse than meaningless. It's a hindrance. If there was some way, and I have thought about it off and on for several decades, 
And I'm not saying this is my last attempt. And I cannot come up because it's trying to explain life. It's, a, it's life trying to look at itself. It simply is inexplicable in words. You can't start out and attempt to awaken without being driven in a way, not in engaging in self-criticism. But again, I repeat, you couldn't lose weight if you decide you wanted to lose weight, if you decide you wanted to move to a better neighborhood. Self-criticism is like the continual feedback of how am I doing? Am I making any progress? Am I checking my bank account? Do I have more money? Am I closer to being able to put a down payment on a new house? You look at the scale, am I losing weight? Or if you're trying to gain weight, you look in the mirror, am I putting on muscle? Am I putting on bulk? Whatever it is, it's a self-criticism as a part of change. You can't change, and I'm saying even self-criticism, all the way from the most objective and innocuous, that is just a form of feedback, all the way to that which seems to be involved in a passionate form of self-condemnation. But from one extreme to the other, there is no way that anyone can attempt to make any change without engaging, without self-criticism being a continual part of it. And it would seem without any doubt that this even up the stakes of it, because we're attempting to do something. I'm just let me make it fast and give you my view instead of trying to put it in some grand theoretical scope that might fit everybody. See, from my view, it's always been as limited as the amount of interest there is in doing this thing. And as far removed as it is from any normal concept of something useful, forget needful. Because people would say, anybody that would even hear something about this at all, or just read some notion of mystical states, or they would consider moving to a better neighborhood, having a better car to be more useful than this. They would say that uh, moving to a better neighborhood would approach being something that would actually be a benefit more so than this. So the point is, what I'm trying to make is that these kind of self-criticism that's necessary from my view and my experience that drove me had to be more intense, had to be more consistent than it was for people who were trying to quit smoking or lose weight, as I said, in, in a number of things. Because if you're trying to quit smoking or trying to quit drinking, as far as you're concerned, you are surrounded by outside support. You, are, you have free access to those who will affirm that what you're doing is good. And will join you in your criticism when you fail. That your doctor will say, well, it's good that you'll quit drinking. Your priest, your rabbi would say, it's good. A man should not drink. But your doctor would say, if drinking has become a problem, that it's certainly going to be a benefit to your health. It could save your life, extend your lifespan. And your wife says, yes, if you'll quit drinking, I may not leave you after all. And the children will love you more. You're surrounded by people say it would be a benefit. And by the same token, if you slip up and one weekend you go out and get drunk, and you, you say, I feel horrible about it because I, I've gone six months with no booze. I, I just feel terrible about it. And your wife will agree. Well, you should feel terrible. You wrecked a car. You hit me last night. You insulted the neighbors. You understand just something as 
simple as every day as a man trying to quit drinking or lose weight or quit smoking. There is out in life affirmation for your goal. And there would be agreement in your condemnation of yourself, your criticism of yourself, uh, to the same degree that, to whatever degree, you fall short of your goal. But with this, the self-criticism, if you see it from the real view, is a totally private matter. Now, of course... I guess from one view, that's one of the roles that people like me play, is even if I don't pick on you personally. I go up and talk in general about what it is to be asleep and what a waste of time it is if you're going to criticize other people. That there is no greater example of being asleep than to criticize other people, even mentally. They even give them a, any thought. All you're doing is going to sleep. There's no such thing as awakened, enlightened criticism of another human. So I can say that, and I don't have to look at you personally. I don't have to say, well... Confess to me. Do you think evil and critical thoughts of people? I just say it. So to whatever degree it seems to fit your case, then in one sense I am the outside affirmation of what you're doing, and if you feel critical of yourself, then it's like I'm affirming it. Well, well, you should, without us having to discuss it. I just make these general dogmatic statements. But, as I said, if you were taking it down to the personal level, which I had to do it myself, well, I... Shouldn't lie, I had books, same as you do. You've got books you can read what other people have said and that they're condemning things that you may have already condemned in yourself. You go, yeah, well, that's obviously that's not a form of being enlightened. But it finally gets to a point, what I'm trying to get you to see, that if you're actually doing, as they used to call it, if you're actually doing the work yourself, then all of your self-criticism is limited to yourself. That is, by now, it should be based upon your own experience, not something you adopted that Buddha said, well, if you don't have the right, if you don't engage in the right livelihood, then you can't be awake. You're not enlightened. Or if you don't have concern, if you don't to awaken and enlighten your fellow man, then you're not an enlightened being. Let's assume that you got through, you know, maybe you don't know whether that's true or not. But as they say, the southern mystics, you got your plate full just based on your own experience of you. Of what you do that is anything but being conscious, that is anything but being super alert, it is simply the same state, no matter whether you call it being asleep or being purple or being you know, tall. It is the state that you don't like and that you've had enough experience or you, something just tells you that there is a way out if you hadn't had enough experience in actually being, having those anomalistic states of awakening. So you're left with a personal... And we'll assume it seems to be accurately based on experience, a menu of self-criticisms. It may just be this in general, which covers it all, is my mind just drifts. That covers everything. You can have your own version of it, but that covers everything. You can take everything that Buddha, Zoroaster, Muhammad, Jesus, Abraham, everybody ever said about what being asleep is, what being deluded is, what being captive is. And that's it. My mind drifts. If you understand it that way. It's no more complicated than that. So let's say that even that's it. That you've got it down to that general, all-encompassing self-criticism. I have got to stop my mind drifting. 
Here's what I can't tell you. There's no words for it. So I'm going to put it to you again. There's a point past which, and I'm assuming that all of you are close enough or I wouldn't be hammering on it again. There's a point past which having any self-criticism, paying it, giving it any mind is serving no purpose. And yet, rhetorically, amongst us, I've got to ask, you know, it can't be true, can it? I mean, how can that be? If I am not awake, okay, I, and if you don't consider that you're awake, then you're not awake. You say, I'm not awake. You say it to yourself, I'm not awake, okay. Well, if I don't criticize myself when I'm not being awake, then what the hell am I going to do? Exactly. I didn't think you'd get it that quickly. <laughs> what? Huh? I almost made myself dizzy with that. And I knew what was coming. That's why I had to steel myself and lean against the back of the wall here. Well, as you know, I'm not trying to play games and appear to be uh, deeply perturbed and involved with something so enigmatic. What we're talking about is the heart, the nature of what all this is. We're talking about the nature of life, but... To people like us, we consider it's our personal and quite private purview of trying to look into the nature of the mind, look into the nature of what being asleep, being ordinary and all that. But it's all one thing. All of it is. And I'm staying as close as I can to it right now while talking. And that's it. I just thought that this might help some of you because... It helped me at one time. I found it, and I still like it. It's not like I've just totally discarded it and forgot about it. I still like it. That's why I'm spending these last four or five nights and hoping to not be a minor or possible climax for some of you. Consider what I'm saying. Assuming that, you know, I'm telling you this, you know, I've got no reason to hedge, to fudge. I'm telling you there is a point past which, and all of you should be very close to it. By me just saying it, you should be there. Well, let me refine that. I don't want you to think that, don't find a way out and say, well, I'm not there. So let me scratch that. Forget that you should be in that place. All right? Now, come on, you members of the jury, you swore that you would give your best effort. And I have, I have overruled the prosecuting attorney, and I told you to ignore what he just said about the <laughs> defendant. Now, I've got your word, right? When you go back there, you'll forget you heard that. You can't, you can't take it into consideration, all right? So forget that you should be in a certain place. Forget that. Well, I don't. Trust me. Some of you, your mind would find a way out. Like, well, I'm not that place. Maybe everybody else was. Give it a break. Ignore, ignore my previous preface about you should be to the place. Let's put it to you this way. Ponder this, because this is true. Ponder this. Self-criticism, well, I still got to say something. Ultimately, how about that? Ultimately, self-criticism is useless. In fact, ultimately, ultimately, it's a hindrance. But just the first part, I can't believe that some of you that wouldn't about pop it for you, if you just think about that, if you just hold it in your mind tonight, 
just in a few days, just as often as you could, that what I'm saying is that ultimately self-criticism, now you understand I'm including everything, self-criticism, well, I don't hurt myself, I don't blow up the garage anymore with dumb things like that open gas by my motorcycle. But still, I can't call myself awake. Here I am, I walked right out of the house and left that letter that I knew had to be mailed. I was thinking about it. I was in there putting on my coat. I was coming out the door, and I was staying there. I remember I put on my coat, staying at the closet, and I said, the letter's in there on the desk. And boy, can't forget the letter. And then God knows what, my mind drifted. Here I am, what, 30 seconds later. And if I hadn't caught myself, I would have driven off. I was talking about it in the bedroom, putting on my coat, picturing there it is on the desk, and somewhere, what does it take, 10 seconds, 15 seconds? And I have spent 15 years trying to awaken, studying with great masters and gurus for 15 years and in 15 seconds. I couldn't remember to leave my bedroom and to get that letter. I walked right past my, my past the door to where my room, where my desk is, put my coat, be sure and get the letter. And God knows what. I can't remember now. It's been, it's been so long ago. It's been 15 seconds ago. But something got in my mind like, Maybe this coat. I remember that girl spoke to me in a bar last time I wore this coat. Maybe I should wear this coat more often. Next thing you know, you're about to crank the car. The letter's in there. It would seem to be. Even if you're past the point of doing great damage to your physical structure, your house or your garage or even yourself physically, and think, I've made great strides. And yet, I am still so asleep, so distracted, so unawake, that I could remind myself to pick up a letter in the other room, and within 15 seconds, 15 seconds, it took me to get the coat on, I'd go in the letter. And something happened, and it couldn't have been over 15 seconds when you walk out of there, past the door to my office where the letter was, and already forgotten it. That's how much control I have over my life, my mind, my consciousness. What could be more well-deserved than that? And what could I possibly mean? And I see something. I know exactly what I'm saying by this. That serves no purpose. How can that be? How can I say that? And it's not just me saying it. It's true. How can that be? And if you see it, you got the answer to everything. Because what I have to find out the obvious, it just can't be. It do be. Plus, I've always wanted to make a whole new method of awakening, a whole new school for awakening based on that, and just can't quite come up with it. Almost. I can almost use it on me, but it is so slippery, I've never had the nerve to try and pass along to you. Those of you keeping track, I just lied to you again, because I did tonight. Try remembering, without thinking about it, a blunder, some costly, stupid, something that you have done, either blowing up the garage, or I don't care, it doesn't matter what, something that if you're my kind of mystic, it could have been recently. In fact, if you're really my kind of mystic, there's no shortage of them. Just to... <laughs> But something that was so stupid... 
But I'm thinking about something that was actually costly. Not just something embarrassing like forgetting the keys, but something you did, almost like blowing up the garage in a brand new motorcycle. And all it took, and you'd, you'd already, you were thinking about it. You still remember, I told myself over and over, because when I got through priming it and I set the thing back down, I had uh, you know, the top of the carburetor in my other hand, and I leaned over and I sat there and I thought, well, I, you know, what if you do, you know, don't leave this gas can open here? I thought, no, hell no, but, and I kind of pushed it close to the back so that my foot would probably hit it once I began, once I straddled them, was going to crank it up later, just in case. And so I pushed the empty can even closer to the bike, to the exhaust, so that you know, there's no doubt that I remember it. But something like that, that something, and what your mind drifted no worse than it does when you walk out and leave the keys or the letter in there, except in this case, that one thing cost you $30,000. Now, I'm not wishing that any of you have ever been that asleep. But something in your life, something should just gall you. And that all it is, you don't look for, you know, nobody made me do it. It wasn't subconscious tendencies. It wasn't because my parents mistreated me. I was a fucking sleep. As much as the worst, the dumbest person in the world. And I can't believe Anyway, you remember when I neuralized I used to call it? You can be aware. Come on, you guys got to be able to do it by now. You couldn't listen to me all these years. You can be aware of that thing and not actually replay it, not actually think about it, not actually put it in words. It's just there. You know what it is. But you don't actually replay it. Now, it's like, you know, you got a, a CD. Maybe a vinyl record would be better since it's got grooves and stuff. And years ago, you heard this album, and you pick it up, and you can hold the album, take it out of the cover, and you look at the grooves. You know what analog grooves cut in the plastic are. And you know that that song is in there, and yet you don't actually put it on the turntable and play it. It's that kind of thing. Let that linger. Do that. And simultaneously, some way... Try and remember what I'm saying, that self-criticism is ultimately useless. It has no place. It has no, literally, it's useless. And as soon as you see that, by the way, the game has changed. Because as soon as you realize that, then it's a hindrance. It's <laughs> exactly it. And it, it's everything. Exactly, it's just another way of putting it to you, another approach. But this is it. This is the nature of life. This is what, if there's more to being awake than knowing, than seeing for yourself what I'm talking about, then I don't know what it is. I have no idea. How can self-criticism not be proper if you're trying to change? If you're actually trying to go from point A to point B and to realize, well, I hadn't moved today. How can I not engage in self-criticism? How can you say that self-criticism is of no use whatsoever and is actually a hindrance? But first you've got to realize it's no use. I guess. I kind of did. But again, maybe I underestimate you people. Well, anyway, I've told you in both, so if you can get past, if you want to jump right to hindrance, feel free. In concussion. I couldn't resist pulling it out. Well, I started to take this tact. 
But obviously I didn't, but I'm going to reread it. One of the news items, number 20. When this one man heard the subject being discussed regarding, just what I am, of shame, embarrassment, chagrin, etc., he mused to himself. Mused he. Looking back now, my greatest embarrassment is the fact that I once enjoyed history. Oh, a note here at the bottom. You can only be asleep by finding fault with yourself, and you can only find fault with yourself by, what does that say? Thinking of your actions past. Duh. Huh? It's not possible to have no complaints with yourself. That surely would be the... What could be a more glaring example of a man fast, totally, totally asleep, than some stupid MF somewhere... The one, no, I have no complaints. This fact has always amazed me. The whole world, my mother, my father, the Pope, everybody has some form of complaint about themselves. I have none. If such a guy exists, he would have to be the, he would make Elmer Fudd look like Einstein, right? Maybe. As always, we'd have to ascertain first, is he trying to awaken? And that makes all the difference in the world. Oh, somebody looks surprised. How could you be trying to awaken and have no complaint whatsoever with yourself? How could it be that there would be a method? As I said, I can't come up with it, but here I'm about to, or to talk about it. How could there be a method, a way to approach the great awakening the realization of what life is about, what's going on here, as well as a human can. What if the way to do it? What if an approach, a method, is the method of having no complaint with yourself? But as always, with such things as this, it would have to be total. It can't be, well, I've got less complaints. Get out of here. I've got it down to just one complaint. No deal. Got to be total. No complaints. You understand you have got to be a person wanting to awaken that is you have got to have had a lifetime chocked full of self-criticism and then to how about this the great method to instantly stop it is there a mind among us in anyone's head that would not say that's not possible aha Say that to your mind, because your mind said that's not possible. Even if I, if I promised you that you would be wide awake, that as soon as we stop, just go home tonight, go off in private maybe, on the way home even, and decide, all right? All of you have made decisions in the past. All of you have cut down on food, given up smoking, drinking, cut down on it, changed jobs, made some great decision. Make the decision, no more complaints. Because if I give you my word, you'll wake up if you'll stop 
If you'll never have another complaint about yourself, you'll be awake before the weekend. Because I'm, I'm look, we're looking at big time awakening. So it might take a few days for your body to realize what was going on and to get itself prepared. So if I said that, all you got to do is stop all complaints. But it's got to be total. It's got to be instant. Cold turkey. What does your mind say to that? Your mind says that is not possible. And then I said, aha! And then I said, that's what you should say to your mind. There's aha! Does anybody understand? The aha being, why did I say that? Why does that sound true? And he said it's not true. Well, I can think it. How come I say it's not true? That's not, that's not possible, I mean. Other thing I can think of to say at the moment, my kind of dirty, this kind of shit I used to pull on me, I don't know where they'll work on you, they get somewhere like this, that didn't make any sense, so I'd, I can't tell you what, is I'd realize I was onto something and realize that my mind, any thought available to me, had stopped me, such as, well, it's not possible. When I began to understand something, I could realize that being critical of myself, notwithstanding the fact, you understand, we're not talking about deceiving myself that I don't walk out and leave my keys, I don't turn around while thinking great, important philosophical thoughts and bump my head on an open door. It's not to deny that, but I understood. Let's, let me just put it simply. I began to understand there's something else here. Self-criticism, condemning this, uh, is not, something's wrong. Not saying that there's nothing wrong with forgetting your keys. I'm not saying that, but something's wrong with condemning that, being critical of that, finding fault with that. And then realize, my mind says, stop it. And then my mind, my same mind, I only got one mind, said, it's not possible. And that's the kind of thing that makes me go, aha, that I already have an awareness that this should be done or this, this is the way to go. And then my mind, which is all I got to go by, says, well, yeah, but you can't do that. That's when I go, aha. That's what I was trying to get you to do. Is how can it... Uh, you got to be critical of yourself to try and awaken. But to be critical of yourself, no matter who you are, is to be asleep. But there is no answer. There is no one sentence to go after that. Except the bald-faced lie. You think, I don't deserve to be asleep. I don't deserve to be this dumb. I don't deserve this self-criticism. So you think, I don't deserve any less? Or I would not be giving myself my due respect. I would be not giving myself my proper attention. So, do you deserve it or do you not deserve it? Is it useful or not useful? Does it serve any purpose or something even worse than no purpose. Remember the little monk in my story that pointed out to the guys of the monastery that for 20 years, every day, he'd been telling them, giving them the answers. And he said the time had come for the questions. That concludes this talk. Be sure to visit us at jancox.com where you can search through 3,000 talks for topics of interest or just leave us a message.